I'm being recorded today for my legions of fans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to be working through the gospel reading that we had. Um, It might be helpful if you want to read read it along, or you might not. Some people like to listen and some people like to read. In our gospel passage today, Christ reveals to us one of the purposes for the Sabbath, to bring grace and a new way of doing things. Just before our reading, we see Jesus confront another of the Sabbath rules, of which there were many. The Jews had made the Sabbath really quite difficult to keep. It's not about laws. What we'll see in our passage today is the Sabbath is supposed to be about love. The Sabbath day rest wasn't just a day to stop working. It was a day to stop working for ourselves and to spend the day focusing on Christ, serving others, loving others. Don't use the Sabbath to be legalistic and self-righteous, Jesus says. Use it to love and serve others. Jesus illustrates this in the passage that we were looking at today. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. Jesus, as was his custom on the Sabbath, went to the synagogue to teach, and as always happened, many people gathered to listen, to learn and to be taught. We know from other scriptures that it was his practice to read a a passage of scripture on the Sabbath and then to sit and teach through that passage. And that's what the people came to hear, the teaching of the word of God. Teaching the Bible and being taught the Bible are two of the best things that can be done on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day when we take our eyes off ourselves and put them on the word, on Christ, on God and on others. And in this passage, Jesus wants to emphasise serving others. On this particular Sabbath, we learn in verse 6 that a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. Why was he there? Did the Pharisees bring him? Doesn't seem so. It's possible, but the text doesn't, doesn't give us any reason to think that this might be the case. Did he come to be healed? Again, it doesn't particularly appear that this is the case. Generally, when people come to Jesus for healing, the Bible clearly tells us that this was their reason and their motive for seeking out Jesus. So why was he there? I think he came to be taught. He didn't come to the synagogue for healing. He came for teaching. He wanted to learn about the Bible. But look at the contrast in the next verse. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Why did the Pharisees come to the synagogue? Why were they there? Was it to be taught by Jesus? No, clearly not. They weren't there to be taught. They were there to pick a quarrel, to find a fault with Jesus. It says they came and watched him closely. They didn't come to learn, but to try to find a charge to level against Jesus. It says to find an accusation against him. The man with the shriveled hand came to be taught. The Pharisees just came to spy on Jesus. Why do we come to church? Some people only go to church because they hope that by doing so, God will fix all their problems or make them rich. Some people, I know this is surprising, 
for some people go to church, but not this church, obviously, because they want to pick a fight with another Christian or find something wrong in what the vicar said or did. Some people go to church because it's their religious duty. Some people go to church out of guilt. They sinned all week and they go to church to try to appease God. Some go to church to appear holy. They like to raise their hands and say long prayers and nod their heads during the sermon. Now, there's nothing wrong with appearing holy, so long as we are holy. If it's genuine and it comes from the heart, that's great. But if it's not, it's not so good. I don't know why you go to church. All of us, I'm sure, have had one or another of these motives at times. But I want to encourage you. Be the man with the shriveled hand. You're not perfect and you don't care. You just want to be taught. You're not looking to get anything from God. You just want to be taught. You have your blemishes. We all do. We have our problems, our struggles in life, and our sins. But we know that we don't have to be perfect. We just want to be taught. There are many reasons to attend church, but this is one of the best. Jesus knew why this man came, and he knew why the Pharisees came, and what the Pharisees were thinking. He knew that they were trying to find some fault with him. But he's not afraid. He doesn't shy away from them. He doesn't get scared of causing controversy by them. He says, well, they're not here to be taught, but I'm going to teach them anyway. He decides to show them again that he is the Lord of the Sabbath, that they have completely misunderstood the purpose and intention of the Sabbath. Back to our Bible verses 8 and 9. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Jesus asks the Pharisees a question. One of the best ways to teach people who don't want to learn is to ask them a question. Jesus asks them what it is lawful to do on the Sabbath. Now in the thinking of the Pharisees, it really wasn't lawful to do anything. In asking the question, Jesus has also answered it. By the way he phrases the question, he reveals that there's no neutral ground when it comes to helping people. Jesus indicates here that by doing nothing, they're actually doing evil. By failing to rescue a life, they're actually helping to destroy a life. When Jesus asks, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy, he's saying that when it comes to choosing sides between good and evil, saving life or destroying it, there's no neutral ground. Inactivity is to fight on the side of evil. That's what Jesus is saying by asking this question. But the fact is that the Pharisees knew all of this. They had laws which essentially said the same thing. So Jesus wasn't asking them this question to teach them. He asked the question to, say that, to show them that neither the question nor the answer really matters. But why did he ask the question then if it doesn't matter? He asked them because he knew the answer and he hated their answer. It's not that their answer was wrong. It might have been wrong, but that's not what Jesus was trying to point out. The answer was well thought out. It was logical. 
Jesus wasn't looking to get into a theological argument about healing on the Sabbath. He wasn't trying to argue with them about the answer. Do you know what Jesus wanted them to see? He wanted them to see the man with the shriveled hand. He wanted them to see the person. He was saying, look, while you come up with your theological answer about deciding whether you can heal on the Sabbath or not, here is a real live human being who's in trouble and in need of your help. And all you can do is to sit there and debate about him like he's a nuisance. He's a person. Jesus wanted to show them that they were being legalistic with the Sabbath rather than loving with it, as they should have been. The Sabbath is a day to show love to others, to do good for others, if you can. Do you know what Jesus would do in our day, today, if Jesus walked in here now? He would ask, ask us painful questions too. He would ask us about our hearts. And do you know why Jesus would ask these questions? It's not because he doesn't know the answers. He knows the answers and he cares very much about how these questions are answered. But on those Sunday mornings when we're worshipping God as a church and digging into his word, do you want to know what he cares about more than the answer to those questions? He cares about the person. He cares about you and me, our hurts, our worries and our struggles. And he wants to see each and every one of us healed and delivered from whatever have had us in bondage. Whether it's a struggle with materialism or greed or lying or loneliness, whatever it is. When people struggle with this, we sometimes sit back and say, well, if they'd just done this or that, or if they tried a bit harder, then they'd be okay. But these are the questions and comments of Pharisees. They would rather talk and debate about such issues rather than actually help. It's not that knowing the truth is wrong. In fact, it's good. But debating the truth is wrong when it paralyzes us into an inactivity. The Pharisees, like too many of us today, got too caught up in the political and theological debates which focus on the issues and completely ignored the people who were in need. James 4 says, anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. We think it reads, anyone who knows the good he ought to do doesn't have to do it, if they can give an opinion, write letters to the editor, and vote on election day. We think it reads, anyone who knows the good he ought to do doesn't have to do it, if he can defend his views to others and write a cheque. But it doesn't say that. It says, anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. It's not enough to vote, it's not enough to debate, it's not enough to write a cheque. These things are good, but Jesus would say, these are people, these are our creation, help them. And then in our verse, he looked round at them all. He looked round at them all. Do you think they flinched? Do you think they picked at their fingernails? Do you think they studied their pew Bibles with a new intensity? Do you think they looked back? He looked around at them all, I think perhaps with disappointment. They had all the answers but none as a love. He looked around at them all. You know there'll be a time when he'll look at us 
Will we be able to look Jesus in the eyes without being ashamed? Have we done everything we can with what he has given to us? I know I haven't, but I'm trying. If I were to die today, I don't think Jesus would say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't think I could look Jesus in the eyes, but I'm trying to get there. How? Abiding in Christ is how we live a life pleasing to God. Abiding in Christ should be the goal of every Christian. All we see here in Luke 6 that Jesus looked at them all, probably with disappointment. And then in answer to his question in verse 9, he shows the Pharisees what God would do on the Sabbath. Look again at Luke 6.10. And then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. Jesus healed the man. Now this week, when I was preparing for the sermon, I read commentaries, and almost all of them debated about whether Jesus broke the Sabbath day laws or not. Most of them said he did did break the Pharisees' understanding of it, but not God's. But I think that the commentaries maybe missed the point. It's not about the law, it's it's about the person. It's not about whether Jesus broke the Sabbath or changed the Sabbath or really wanted to teach anything about the Sabbath at all. Jesus wanted the Pharisees and his disciples and us to see the man. Jesus saw him, Jesus saw his need, and Jesus had compassion on him and healed him. He saw something good to do for somebody and he did it. But the account has a tragic end. Look at the reaction of the Pharisees in Luke 6.11. For the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. They were livid. It's a very sad verse for several different reasons. First of all, they didn't see the man. They never did see the man. In their minds, he was only a good illustration for a theological argument. But the worst part about this verse is what they decided to do with Jesus. It says they discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. In other words, they plot to kill Jesus. In effect, their reaction here answers Jesus' question from verse 9. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it. In asking his question, he indicated that there's only two options, either save life or destroy life. There's no neutrality, there's no middle ground. And the Pharisees proved the truth of this here. Their law made it wrong for them to help the man with a shriveled hand, but at the same time they can plot the death of Jesus. In rejecting the good that was in front of them, they ended up doing evil. They wouldn't save a life on the Sabbath, but they would plot the death of Jesus on the Sabbath. Isn't that ironic? You see, when people get legalistic about the law, that's exactly what happens. In our zeal to obey God, we sometimes blindly accomplish exactly the opposite of what God intends. When we start focusing on the law, we miss the law, we miss the people that the law was supposed to help. The law was never intended to be an end in itself. The law was only given as a guideline to help show love to God and to one another. Jesus says later that the entire law can be summarised with one word, love. Love God and love others. If you do that, you're fulfilling the entire law. 
Don't be legalistic with the law, coming up with lists of what can and can't be done. Be loving with the law in order to help people in need look at people. Not through the eyes of the law, but through the loving eyes of Christ. Do we know and practice the love of Christ? If we do, then we'll follow the pattern of Christ here in Luke 6. Don't be legalistic with the law. Be loving with it. Use it for the purpose God intended. Never let law trump grace. Amen.